Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mama's, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken. And I am Deborah Moore, and we are your hosts. And we're so glad to have you join us today. We have an amazing woman that we've been so excited to get on our show today, Jennifer Bust. She's um, lives around in this Utah area, originally born in Richfield, and lives in Spanish Fork. She's going to be sharing um, some of her experiences back in the day, traveling and backpacking in Peru. So we're so excited to have you. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so she's born in Richfield, currently lives in Spanish Fork, been divorced and single mom of 17 years. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a job for the week. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's definitely keeps me busy for sure and, and and keeps me from doing more adventures. I wish I could be doing, but I try to adventure with my kids as well. It's fun. Yeah. Like yeah. they're the most important. Right. Like Yeah. And how old are your kids? So my oldest is 21, my youngest is 7. Yeah. Yeah. So I and my oldest too, we made a goal years ago to visit all 50 states. We've seen 40 out of the 50 so far. Oh so, my gosh, that was like your cool fact yeah, you wanted to yeah. share. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So we love exploring, going all over, traveling, seeing new places. It's been a lot of fun. How yeah. do you see 40 out of 50 states? Like, how? what is it's your plan? Been, it's been road trips so far. Like, all we've done is road trips. So we've taken a big road trip. Uh, I mean, we've seen the West Coast a lot, right? Like, California a handful of times. But um, we've taken a West Coast, or sorry, through the middle of the country, kind of like all the way back east up into New York. And wow. then we did a Southern States tour. And then we did, our more recent one was like North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana. Mm -hmm. So we did all of that in one trip. And now we have the Great Lakes, the Northeastern Corner, and Hawaii and Alaska. So we have four <laughs> trips left. You're like, that's so great. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, yeah, what was the longest that any of them took? Um, I'm just two weeks. Okay. Yeah, we like took a two-week time period and just kind of mapped out, you know, a course to go through and come back through a couple different states and hit up some church historical sites that we wanted to see as well as some... Just like, you know, national monuments and D.C. and spent a day in New York and, you know, just all the different different things. So it's been a lot of fun. We tried to make it a point of even if we didn't spend a lot of time in a state, we at least found a highlight in the state as we went through just to be able to say we experienced the state. Right? <laughs> so it's not like we just like cruised through right. the corner of like Rhode yeah. Island or something. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, that's, and are you doing this through summer breaks and things yeah, like that? Yeah, it's usually just been a summer vacation kind of a thing. So like I said, we have four trips left. Uh, Alaska is going to be a big one, Hawaii, and then yeah. the Great Lakes and the Northeastern Corner I want to see in the fall because it's Yes, beautiful. that makes sense. <laughs> oh my oh. gosh, those are all like epic trips, right. each one of them. Yeah, and they probably won't be road trips. Maybe the Great Lakes, I don't, we'll see. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We love road tripping. I know. You're like, well, we, you know, you've driven right. through these states already, If we, just if we want. So which one are you going to do this year? Um, Actually, so my oldest two just returned from missions from Texas and Georgia. From church missions. Yes. Yep. And so even though we've already been to those states, they're both like, can we go back to Texas and Georgia? I'm like, Aww. you guys want to do that this year instead of one of our... So we may be doing that. I don't <laughs> know. Some nostalgia ones. Yeah. That's good, too. Yeah. So we'll see. And then as your occupation, you're a homeschool mom, and then you're also a licensed financial professional and social work woman who um, helps with the foster program um, and is able to work a lot from home, you said. Yeah, That's primarily nice. from home, which makes homeschooling possible. Yeah. I mean, like, that wow. is a ton already right, right there. Right. It, it's a lot to juggle, but it's 
I, I love it. Um, and yeah, just creating a brand new Etsy shop is kind of a thing that my youngest is doing. It was his idea. And so oh. we're doing it. <laughs> oh, no, wait, what's the name of it? Um, well, we have two lines and one is we're holding off for a trademark. Um, but the second one is Adventure Us, like Adventurous, Adventure Us. Adventure Us. Play on words, but that's clever. And what do you sell? Um, so we're going to be selling shirts that feature some of the adventures we go on. Um, I have actually kind of maybe some Mountain Mama inspired ones that I'm going to be Very doing, cool. um, and just kind of funny ones or you know sarcastic. Like I don't know, for Valentine's Day I designed a couple like single. You know, just kind of some <laughs> funny things. Um, are they mostly like text or is that yeah, like a one Yeah, it's a mostly color? graphic. Um, some of the places we go to, like national parks, we've designed like a Bryce Canyon one and, and just kind of some of the places we've visited that we've loved. We're creating some scenic ones that are kind of um, not like uh, more cartoony, right? Like, yeah, some of both. <laughs> That is really cool. And are they multiple colors or just one color? Um, multiple colors. Mm -hmm. Usually at least three, sometimes more options. Oh, yeah. I love it. So yeah. adventure, A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E, -E, and then you, us. Yeah. <laughs> so just adventure, us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I have to check that out. Yeah. Oh, it's no brand idea. new. It's brand new. Like, I don't Yay. even have many things on there yet. <laughs> it's definitely still in the works. Oh, oh this is the place okay. where you can shamelessly promote yourself, right? right? that. Yay. Oh, I'm so excited for All you. All right. So we wanted to hear so when did you do this trip to Peru how long ago was that I was counting the years I thought it was like three years ago and I was like six and a half so <laughs> it was in 2017 it's mm -hmm. crazy how fast time goes by like COVID took a couple of years exactly. out of our lives so yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so it wasn't actually a trip that was like necessarily on my radar but I was a part of a big self-development group and they would do big trips together and so we had we had done a trip to Mexico, and then they were like, our next trip's going to be to Peru. And um, my husband at the time, that was his bucket list trip. He was like, we're going. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, like it sounds <laughs> cool, but like I've got a one-and-a-half-year-old, like is now the time. Mm -hmm. And um, there were two options. You could do more of the scenic train kind of experience, or you could do the, the hike, the Lars Trek. So there's the Inca Trail, and there's the Lars Trek. And Lars is L-A-R-R-E-S. Yeah. Right, Lars. Yeah. Okay. And there might be one R. I might have spelled that wrong, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Ish. But the Lars Trek um, is is the one they were going to be doing, and he was like, "We're doing that," and I'm like, "Can I?" Like honestly, I was I was wondering. At, I was a place in my life where I wasn't at my best physical health. I had gained extra pounds with him, and I hadn't lost them. I didn't know yet. I found out right when I got home. I had undiagnosed type two diabetes. Oh my gosh. And like all of these health things that I was just like, is, is this really smart? Is this okay for me to do? But I wanted to. And mm -hmm. so we committed, we decided to do it and it was exciting. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, it was not necessarily like something I was like, this year feels like a good year to go do this. <laughs> right. It was more like the opportunity presented itself and I was like, okay, let's do it. I feel like so many of trips are like that because sometimes it is just like, like the stars just align and you're just like, you just got to do it right. at this time. Because, I mean, sometimes you're like, I'm not at my best now, but like, who knows? Like in five right. years, it may be worse. Will I ever be? Yeah. I yeah. Know. Is the time or ever like, perfect? Yeah. Like money might be different. Kids right. might be different. My health or a spouse is, you know, all sorts of things are totally different. In a few, and so you just, right. I'm all for just going for it. Yeah. yeah. So I went for it. It was awesome. Um, I'm glad I did. It was, it was an experience I look back on and I learned a lot from. But it, and it was just really awesome. It was, mm. you know, you've been to Peru, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah. It's just uh, everything about everywhere we visited in Peru. I don't know if you got to see different areas besides like Machu Picchu, but like there's a lot of 
just a lot of really awesome oh, places. It's so diverse. Yeah, yeah, we went to the Amazon for a bit and then up in the high Andes and yeah. And yeah. you had mentioned Cusco. Um, you wanted to share some of your thoughts about Cusco. Oh, well, so we flew into Lima and then into Cusco. And the idea is spend a day or two there getting used to the altitude. And I'm a Utah girl, so I'm like, I, it's going to be fine. Like, <laughs> we're high-ish alt, alt, altitude here, right? Um, but Cusco, I want to say, is at least 10,000. Yes. May, maybe a little more. I don't remember. Um, and so you're supposed to acclimate there. And actually, I think it was day two, I did get some altitude sickness. I was really surprised. I didn't think I would. I required like some oxygen at, the, at the hotel mm -hmm. place that we were staying. Were you just like feeling short of breath um, or what were your signs? Yeah, short of breath. Um, I couldn't think clearly. Like it was just like the, you could tell like you had low oxygen. Like I couldn't think clearly. I, I was almost like hyperventilating. Like Ooh. I was not breathing well at all. Um, and, and so actually that night it was, I think we had spent like, this is probably day two in Cusco. Um, I started the day one, I was fine. Day two, I started getting sick. And then that night we were supposed to be packing up to move to the next town that we were going to be getting ready to roll out the next morning for our hike. Um, so we were kind of repacking and resituating and what are we going to leave behind? What are we taking on the hike? Um, and I was filling my camelback with water low on oxygen, just not feeling my best. And somehow the, the mouthpiece was left open. <laughs> so I don't know how many liters it was, but the entire camelback leaked into my backpack, into oh, my suitcase oh, no! and soaked like everything. And oh, I just, goodness. I was about in tears. I was like, I, maybe this is a sign. Like I'm mm -hmm. supposed to turn back now. Um, I'm not feeling well already. Mm -hmm. Everything is soaked. You know, you're in a foreign country where it's not like, oh, I'll just go find a dryer. Right? <laughs> I was blow drying like as many things as I could. I spent hours blow drying items all night long trying to get things organized and and ready to move to our next place and be ready for the hike. So. Right, because oh. you don't want to be so, because that'll just be so much worse. Yeah. Right. And so it was a lot of fun. I loved, I loved all my experiences in Cusco, but then I felt sick and and had this big mishap that took hours of my time drying my my things out and just I think part of me was wondering like is this a sign like am right. I am I am I supposed to set this one out but um it was it was an awesome experience I never thought I would eat llama or um <laughs> You ate alpaca, lava? and oh, that's yeah. They had stews like some of the foods we ate there, like in Cusco. Some of the different places we went and ate locally. <laughs> I was just like, I had no idea. Like to me, that's almost like eating horse here. Uh -huh. in America. We ate guinea pig. Did yes, you eat yeah. guinea pig? Yeah, they had like all along the roads, like at various places we would be busing <laughs> around. They would have like guinea guinea pig stands or whatever, <laughs> like kind of like a hot dog stand. Oh, no. <laughs> like come and get your. No, that, no, that's an experience in and of itself, it too. But the food there, it's always fun going new places and trying the food. What does llama taste like? Honestly, like, I can't say that it tastes much different than beef. Like, if someone would have given me the stew, I wouldn't have thought, like, oh, this is definitely some mysterious meat. Like, I, you know, it just, <laughs> it was just kind of like maybe a gamier beef or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. I don't know. Um <laughs> But I had to try. I was like, well, I never thought I would eat it. But heck, like llama stew, okay. Like when in Rome, right? Right. <laughs> when in Peru. Yeah. You can stew yeah. a lot of meats, I'm just saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, why did you guys, like, where is the Lars Trek in Peru? Where is that area? Um, I don't remember the exact area. Um, I know we visited lots of little towns and stuff. We went into a village where, as a whole group, before we divided. Because some were doing the train, some were doing the hike. Because um, there's two different ways to do that trip, yeah. 
Yeah, t- the trip that we had done. I mm-hmm. guess there was kind of like when you go when you go look up like, hey, I want to go experience Peru. Um, they're gonna give you kind of two options, like the Inca Trail or well, I mean, as far as hiking and adventuring, like being mm-hmm. out backpacking and stuff. The Lars Trek is definitely less popular, but it definitely is one of the options. And then there's also like, hey, if you don't feel like you can hike and really do that, you can just kind of do more of a train route, like historic, like go visit more places and stuff like that. And then end up at Machu Picchu and, at yeah. the end. Yeah. So the plan with like Lars Trek is you hike for three days, do kind of this backpacking, hiking excursion, and then you bus, you take a train into um, Aguas Calientes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you go there? Yes. And so we got to do it's like the, the last hot springs. Ten. It's like the last town right before Machu Picchu. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the, and then they bus you up to Machu Picchu mm-hmm. like the next morning or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's what we did. We did the Lars Trek, which yeah, it's in a different area because I remember the train ride was, gosh, it was probably at least an hour. Like and and trains go, they go pretty fast. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was some time. So yeah, I mean it it was it was a distance away from just Aguas Calientes. It was a beautiful train ride. Like mm-hmm. you know just. Some of the the pretty um, landscape and everything, but so yeah, the Lars Trek. The idea is you're gonna go hike for three days, two nights, backpack. You know they have porters that help carry. Um, you've got your own backpack with some of your belongings, but they're taking up the tents and the food and you know everything like that. It was amazing to see these locals just like run up the hill. Yes, <laughs> like it was nothing. Well, they're acclimated too, <laughs> right? So they can just like right, but just it. like the the shape they had to be in to be able to you know even being acclimated to that altitude but still to just be like even around where we live can I just run up and down a mountain every day <laughs> like no mm-hmm. so yeah just to see them just like sprinting like it's no big deal you know just like beating us you know up there mm-hmm. so that they could fix lunch for us and then pack up and head up to the next spot and mm-hmm. and beat yeah. us so that they could set up dinner and set up camp oh. and everything so that that's awesome to not have to worry about all of those details yes <laughs> that's true not carrying a huge right. pack and everything yeah yeah just kind of your own items but not having to worry about all the food and um maybe just snacks or you know water things like that your food or your clothing but um, they had mules and llamas, like, hauling our belongings. Ah, uh, yeah, llamas hauling well. your stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it was, like, the local domesticated version of yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, when I was I looking at the two online, like, the Inca Trail, it's like, well, if you want the experience of, like, hiking right into Machu Picchu, you know, then mm-hmm. that's the thing. And and it's definitely historic. It's it's popular. Um, but the other one is more of a, like, you're immersed in, like, you see real village, like, mountain village people. Oh, and, cool. um, yeah, just like a dirt, a dirt, you know, it's not like a paved path or anything like that. It's all dirt. Um, definitely more of like the, the rugged, I guess, experience. It's a little bit shorter than the overall hike for the Inca Trail, but it's, it reaches a little bit high, higher of a peak. Oh, cool. So, yeah, the day before we went... They brought us to a town where we got to buy things from locals and support their businesses. And they said, we're going to buy things to give the village children that live up in the mountains because the Mm -hmm. poorest people live up in the mountains. And even the city people were poor, you know, a lot of Mm -hmm. them. But they said these, the villagers, um, the mountain villagers, they, they don't even have, they don't have access to dentists. They don't have toothbrush. Like, don't bring any sweets. Don't bring any sugar. If you want to bring them a treat, bring them bread. Like, that's mm-hmm. a treat to them. And so we bought mm-hmm. bread. We bought soccer balls. We bought 
pencils and notebooks mm -hmm. and things like that, knowing we would see kids along the trail. Mm -hmm. So they know that, you know, tourists come through regularly and they send their kids out to the trail to like get yeah. <laughs> freebies. So it was just kind of amazing Aww. to see these cute little village kids running out there, just like hoping you brought them something and being able to give them a soccer ball and see them light up over a soccer ball or mm -hmm. the bread or, you know, things like that. And it, it was cold. Like, we went in June, but, and I don't know if that's their winter. I don't know. <laughs> All of like that works, equator, but it's so high trickier, yeah. up, like, the ele elevation. It was, it was chilly, and I remember being, like, bundled and feeling cold and seeing these little village kids or mountain kids, like, bare legs, like, sandals made out of, like, tires, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and their cheeks were just so red, but that's, like, normal. Like, I just remembered being like, oh, we should have brought tights, and we should have brought, like, little oh. leggings, and, you know, because they have, like, bare legs under their dresses, but they didn't even seem cold. They were used to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was oh. fun seeing those kids and, oh. and thinking, like, how crazy, like, where I live, we can't just send our kids out for strangers to, like, give them freebies, <laughs> right? Like, you'd be scared they would be stolen, but, like, they don't worry about that. Nobody's... Mm -hmm. There to take kids. Yeah, there to give totally them gifts. And, yeah, it's a totally different culture. Yeah, and, yeah. Awesome. You had mentioned your first day was pretty easy. Is that so, right? No. So what they, what they <laughs> said was that that was the easy day. Oh, so, they said it was. <laughs> so day one, um, it was it was a challenge for me. Like I had said, I was not in great health. Um, I didn't even realize at the time. Like someone diagnosed uh, things that I didn't realize were at play. But it was, it was difficult. Like, I remember being like, okay, I've hiked all day. We're, like, settling in. They had dinner ready. They had a big tent. We all ate dinner. And there was about 16 of us in my group who were all friends and part of this self-development group that we, we, had, we had gone together. So we all knew each other. Um, and I remember, like, them just kind of being like, all right, guys, you did it. Today was the easy day. And I literally started to cry. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? That was, they should never tell you that. <laughs> right. And, and everybody felt pretty good about it. I think there were a couple of us that was like, that was kind of a challenge. Um, and they were like, tomorrow's the hard day. Like, today was so easy. Tomorrow's going to be so hard. And I was like, oh, man, can I do this then? Mm -hmm. Like, am I going to be able to do what I did today? Only, like, it sounds like at least twice as hard. Yeah. And how long was your first day? Like, how many hours were you hiking Gosh, or miles? I don't even or... remember hours or miles. I know it was broken up. I think the whole three days is 20 miles. Mm -hmm. And so there's probably a little more distance. Um, without as much uh, incline the first mm -hmm. day, but then the second day, maybe there's, I, I don't even know the breakup of it, but it was, it was enough for me to be like, well, that was a challenge. And then for oh, them what? to say that was easy. I was really? like, that wasn't easy. No, no, um, what you do is you tell them after they did the hard day, don't worry, that right, was the hardest part. Right, that was the hardest part. Now, you, now it's all, no. So I remember just them saying like, are you ready for tomorrow? And I was just thinking like, I don't know if I am. Is there a way back down? Like, <laughs> like can I opt out now? Like, and I really wondered, like, I really thought, you know, I legit have some health things. And I'm sure if I were to say, hey guys, I thought I could do this, but I can't. Like nobody would bat an eye. Nobody would, mm -hmm. you know, judge me or anything like that. And so I really thought about it. I was like, am I going to be able to do tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Like today was hard enough that like, am I cut out for this? Like maybe I just need to realize, you know, it's not my time. It's not my thing and, mm -hmm. and bow out and, and be fine with that. But I really wanted to finish it. And as a group, they had talked about, you know, like everyone finishes together. We make sure everyone makes it like, it's not a win for anyone if everyone, you know, and just like this, this uh, idea of like, we're all going to help each other. And tomorrow, oh. like, look out for who you can help. Like, if you feel like you're kind of at your wit's end or whatever, like, 
look for a way you can help someone else. And like when you're thinking about someone else, like we can make sure we all make it. And Aww. with all of this talk, I was like, oh, maybe I can. <laughs> someone will maybe help I me. Can. You know, and, and having prior been a single mom for many years, I, I think I was in a habit of like not asking for help, not accepting help. Like I can do it. I could like being very independent. And so for me, I think that was a big lesson in realizing that night, like I might not be able to do it on my own. But I have an awesome support team here with me, and they're willing to help. And if I can humble myself enough to say, okay, I might need some help, yeah. like, I think I can do it with them. And so um, I was like, all right, we're doing this. <laughs> I'm in. Like, we're doing it. And so I made that decision. And gosh, the next day it was hard. <laughs> it was so yeah. hard. Um, there was a little time when it was kind of a steep part, and I was feeling more altitude sickness kicking in. And, um, and I just thought, I don't think I, like, I think I need to stop. I don't, I can't do this. And they're like, oh, we're going to stick you on a mule. And so they actually like had me ride this little stretch. I don't even know how long it was on a mule. And I was just, I remember being like, I think there's a cliff like right there. And I hope <laughs> this guy's footing is good because I don't know what's going to happen if he stumbles. Um, but yeah, just having, I, I think I felt a little embarrassed because I was like, I'm the only one that they have to stick on a dumb Aww. mule, but. Don't feel bad. I had to be horse evacuated <laughs> in <you>? Nepal. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I know you feel silly because you're up there and everyone, you're obviously needing right, assistance. You're but... sitting on this animal. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, it helps, yeah. I honestly was in a mental state where I don't, I don't even care <laughs> like mm-hmm. if it's going to help me get up this yeah, mountain same. a little bit. Like yeah. I didn't really care. Um, but yeah, as I neared the summit, like that was the hardest part. I remember just like looking at what was still left and being like, I just, I don't, I can barely even do like one step. Like one step was so hard. And there was, um, a lady that was there and she actually had been through a heart attack a few years prior and, and was working to heal her heart and had her own physical things that she was working on. And she shared later that, like that night at the end of the night, when we all shared our experiences, she shared how she set out the next morning thinking like I had, like, I don't know if I can do this. I certainly am not going to be able to help anybody. Like Uh I, you know, and then when she saw me struggling, she was, she realized like, okay, I'm doing a little bit better than her. I think I can help her. And so it was like this awesome, like opportunity for her to, um, to help someone else. And it was just what I needed. She literally would take my hand and say, just one more step, just two more steps. And she, and I would be like, yeah, but, and she's like, don't look at the top. Like, don't even worry about what's left. You can mm-hmm. do one more step. Like, just oh. think about one more step. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah. And, and knowing like, okay, can I do one? I can do one more. Like, and every step I literally said, okay, I can do one more. Okay. I can do two more until mm-hmm. we made it to the top. And, wow. and that was awesome. I mean, that was, that was mm. just like so emotional and just like, Hey, I did it. Like, I know the hike's not over, but the hardest part you know, once you're at the top, it's all downhill from there. So, and that's a powerful yeah. life lesson. It too. was. It right. really was. Like I could have, I could have turned around the night before. I could have, you know, before I hopped on the mule, said nope, <laughs> like I can't, I can't do any more. But yeah, it was powerful to know, like okay, just one more step. Like we can mm-hmm. always do one more step. And so, yeah, it definitely, definitely was something that I was able to push my body beyond what I knew that it could do you know mm-hmm. in the moment I just thought I can't I can't you know but literally could do one more and I found that in life you know we can always do one more step like whatever it is mm-hmm. like when we're looking at the big mountain it feels overwhelming <laughs> when we're looking at what's left to summit it feels overwhelming sometimes but when we think about one more step like 
Yes. I think it's always doable to do one more yeah. step. <laughs> and you had mentioned oh, you, so it was good. all the way up to 15,000 feet. It was, too. yeah, that was the summit yeah, was 15,000. So, so, so that's high. higher than anything in the lower 48. Like we get as high as 14,000, but not 15. Yeah, I think, I think Mount, Mount Timp is like 12. Yeah. Thousand. So yeah. And, and I, I swear once you start getting up there, every 500 feet makes a difference. Like yes. every thousand feet, it, it, it definitely makes it's a huge. difference. Yeah. 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 So how about your last day? How was that like? Um, the last day, I, I, like you said, that's when they need to say, okay, the hardest part is over. <laughs> okay. Now we have that lecture. <laughs> then you get to celebrate. And the next day really was not bad at all. It, it really was downhill. It was, you know, it was like I knew I had mastered the hardest part and yeah. whatever's left. Like it actually was a pretty short hike day. Like they, I don't think they had many miles in that third segment, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was very doable and just exciting to know like, okay, I made it, like I did it. I did something that in the moment didn't feel doable, but I knew that hardest part was over. And, um, and you know, the prize the next day was going to be getting to see Machu Picchu. Yeah. <laughs> and that like all of the hardest hiking, everything like that was, was done and the rest was just more leisure. And, and so, yeah, it was just definitely a sense of accomplishment and, uh, just knowing that like, I had done it, you know, just that, mm -hmm. like, I, I've done the hardest part, and the rest is just, I think my feet were sore. You know? <laughs> I'm sure. A little bit sunned and windburned, but, um, but yeah, no, it was awesome. What would you tell someone who was interested in doing the Lars Trek, who thought, like, who's like, yeah, I think I, I may not be able to do Machu Picchu, but this sounds really cool. Like, what would you suggest? Um, probably, I tried to get a couple little practice hikes in ahead of time. <laughs> And they were short and they were certainly not high altitude. Um, so yeah, just getting yourself more in shape, I guess. Um, but if you already feel like you're in good shape, I bring some good friends. Like I honestly, yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't have committed to doing that if I didn't have a group surrounding me saying we're all in this together tomorrow. If mm -hmm. you're all in, then we're all in and we're all going to make sure that mm -hmm. everybody makes it to the top. And I think I was I know that her and I were the very last to summit and to hit that peak, but there were a couple people waiting at the top, making sure that like everybody did. And, and, but it was awesome. And so, yeah, without who I had with me, I never would have, you mm. know, like, I mean, we had like big, strong, you know, super fit men that were like experiencing altitude sickness. Oh like, yeah. Part it way hits up everybody. And, yeah. yeah. Like that, mm. you never know when it's going to hit or how it's going to hit or, you know, how weak you're going to feel or even just like mentally, like people were just kind of like checking out a little bit. And uh -huh. like, I mean, people were throwing up. Yeah. So definitely, I think preparing for the altitude as much as you can, which, you know, but the idea with spending a couple of days in Cusco ahead of time was to start to prep for yeah. that altitude. But still, you're going to end up summiting to like I said, I think it's about 15,000 um, feet. That is so, so standard. I have learned mm -hmm. that when I hit 15,000 feet, my body is just like, it just shuts down. Like I yeah. I get sick. I can't eat. I get nauseous. I'm yeah. all the things. Like it's miserable. So yeah, it's no joke getting yeah. high. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting when you start going back yeah. down. <laughs> In fact, it's, it's the funniest thing. Like you're saying, like your third day, you felt so, because it's like, like as hard as it is going those every 500 feet, like when you come down, you don't notice it, but you like your body is just like oh yes yeah. oh this breathe. is so great every 500 feet you're like oh, I can't breathe I know your body just like feels oh, like wow. if you're feeling sick high the best thing mm -hmm. is just get down and it's amazing how mm -hmm. it'll just be like oh okay we're good now you know it's yeah. so fun yeah oh that's cool and I love yeah your 
like you were saying, that power of somebody externally being like, just one more step, just a few more, like, yeah. And yeah. and like you said, don't focus on way up there, just right. right here. Yeah. At that moment when I was like, hey, I really think I'm done, like seeing what was left. She was like, stop looking up. <laughs> like, just one more step. Look ahead of you. That's just right. look ahead of you. Like, mm-hmm. and that was really what did it was one, literally one, two steps at a time got me to the top. Oh, yeah. Recently I did an activity. Well, I was ice climbing and that's what it was, was just like that. I'm like, okay, I'm done. And they were like, I think you can do like, I think you can do five, like five steps. And I'm like, mm, I think I can too. Okay. <laughs> and then like, okay, I'm done. And they're like, Mm, I think you've got five more. And I'm like, dang it, I do have. And I was actually really close to that point, but I was like, dang it, I do have five more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but then you get to, yeah, you get there and and everything, and it's amazing. But having the external voices, yeah, is sure. really helpful it's when you think really you can't helps. do anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what is on your future? Anything like unto this, or was this like um, a good chapter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you've got the like the the, the trips. 50 states, yeah, I'm yeah, trying to see all the fifty states. We've got ten states, but four trips left to do it in. Um, and I like that's the hard thing about traveling is you find places that you love and you want to go back. Like <laughs> I would love to go back to Peru. I loved the energy there. I loved the yeah. scenic. Mm-hmm. Like I just loved. I loved being there. Would I do that again? Probably. I would make sure that I was really. Yeah, I think I would make sure I was definitely in better shape, but uh, more prepared for it. Um, but even if I didn't do that, just to go back. But yeah. you know, you find all these places you want to go back and visit, but there's so many new places to I explore. So I feel like you go somewhere and then you come back with like five more trips you want to do. Yeah, <laughs> like well, it you're never like, ends. I still want to see all these new places, but I do want to go back there. And yeah. like, will there ever be enough time? <laughs> To see it all and to go back again to, to the places we love. Sometimes you just take a breath and you soak it in and then it is what it is. Right. But, oh, right. man, well, thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your stories with uh-huh. us today. Thank um, you. We're so excited to have you guys joining us as well. And don't forget, of course, to like and subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, if you want, you know, just so you can hear more fun and inspiring stories. And also, don't forget to check out the website, mountainmamas.org, M-T-M-A-M-A-S. S. Dot. Dot O-R-G. <laughs> Spelling's hard. Uh, <laughs> this makes, uh, so that just so you can check out the cool adventures, the trip logs. For example, if you're like, oh, I want to do that trip, but I wasn't able to, then there's compiled lists of the actual trips, so you can actually still go out there on you know on your own or with friends as well. Um, so yeah, definitely give that a look. And I have to do a shout out. We have a brand new website out now, and it has pages for we do twenty one different activities, and so you can just find an activity like backpacking, and it has um, gear lists that you can check out and cool training videos and all sorts of neat stuff has trips that we've done Mm -hmm. if you want to do those, but anyway, it's a fantastic resource, no matter where you live in the world. Like it's got great things for helping everyone. So Mm -hmm. that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember a woman's place is in the mountains.